1: It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Hurley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. And
2: good morning. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Eight six six ninety uh, red eye. I'm sorry, that pause was because I started laughing when I read the headline of a story. I wasn't even <laughs> going to start with this, but I just started laughing. Uh, <laughs> Democratic Senator Brown, grocery price inflation due to bonuses and buybacks. <laughs> okay. While discussing his 2024 Senate re-election campaign and the uh, 2024 Senate re-election campaign, of uh, Senator John Tester during a joint interview that took place on MSNBC. Uh, Senator Brown of Ohio argued that people are seeing the prices at the grocery store go up because consumers are paying the price of executive bonuses and stock buybacks. Okay. All right. Just lie. Uh, just, just, just lie. Just, just make just, it up. Just make it up. And that's what got me laughing. That's why there was a pause. When we started, what I have to do before I go on the air is not look at anything because things are so insane that it's happening more frequently. Right before I go on the air, I'm scanning headlines. I read one and I'm, oh, we're on the air and there's a pause and then I start laughing. (laughs) It's like buybacks. Stop it. It's just stupid. But
0: I guess just reach for anything. Just reach for anything. You know what it is? I think inflation. I think it's because. We started using ATMs, and we don't go to the bank and have tellers, as many tellers in the bank. <laughs> <laughs> flash Stop, back, it, Obama! Flashback to all the Obama years. I think that's what it is. I think oh, I think it's the man. ATMs. See the ATMs? They charge you fees. The tellers didn't charge a fee. The ATMs charge a fee, and that makes everything yeah, go up, the but cost I did, of everything. But I
2: didn't have a teller at the airport, and my bank at the bank doesn't charge me. That's a problem. <laughs> There's not a teller at the airport.
0: We need a teller at the airport. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. They've got you. You're a captive audience there. You have no choice but to pay the fee, and then, of course, that causes inflation. Boom.
2: There but you goes. know something? You're welcome. When you think about it, <laughs> the convenience – because rem- rem- this is – they're drunk arguing. That's what they're doing. No, but no. <laughs> this is a this is a point that if you're a young person, you don't know, right? Yeah, young yeah. people. And I'm not insulting young people they here. They just weren't around. That then. you just weren't around, right? And so there's no. We'll pers- insult them later, but you, you have yeah. no perspective. Mm-hmm. You have no. I got my paycheck. I better be able to get to the bank because if I don't get to the bank by. Friday. Oh,
0: man. Oh, no, forget and, it. And
2: the abbreviated hours they may have Saturday, and right. some were closed on Saturday. I can't have money till Monday. Yeah. And we forget about the fact that, and I don't, I hardly ever, because I just don't use my debit card. Mm-hmm. I, I'll use it at the bank, you know, yeah. where right. I ba- at my branch bank right there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, because if there's a problem, I can go in. Right there. Right. And they know me. Mm-hmm. And so whatever happens, if it happens, and I try to take money out during the day in case anything, if which I rarely do. It's amazing how, how little cash I carry <laughs> yeah, these days right? when I travel a little bit more. But sometimes when I travel, uh, maybe once every two years. To sit there and be in an airport. And go, man! I could, sure I, I shouldn't be traveling without cash because mm-hmm. so, you should always have cash just for an emergency. Sure, you know that's the whole be prepared to be in a Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. I got the credit cards, but if well, something happens, you know it's always great to have a a couple of twenties. Go, hey, can you <laughs> can you take care of this for me? Right. Whatever. Or even more than 20s, have a bunch of 20s and be able to do it. Mm-hmm. And so you just never know what's going to happen. And so to go up there and pay 3 bucks to be able to get $300 out is actually a great deal mm-hmm. when you think about it. People go yeah. crazy about right. the fees. But when you look and say, yeah, but I couldn't do that.
0: I can't get here when I was, gear, when I was young. I had to travel and I also had to do it at the time when the bank was open. Right. So all of that cost and consideration is well worth the $3.
2: Yeah, or whatever it is, I yeah. don't even know what it's. Mostly, it's around three dollars, isn't it? Something. Yeah, like that. my yeah.
0: my bank actually does uh, refunds if if it's not one of their ATMs, they refund the fee.
2: Yeah. Oh, really?
0: Yeah, small bank, but that's oh, one okay. of the incentives they have. So, oh no,
2: that's yeah. cool. though. That's, yeah. that?
0: that would. I think it my... is limited. I I don't use the ATM enough. I think it is though capped at something. I I don't know. Maybe, I think I saw it somewhere twenty or thirty dollars a month. Up to 20 or $30 in a month or something.
2: You know what I really like, though, recently?
0: Because
2: mm. I did in the last week go to the ATM yeah. at my bank. Yeah. There used to be five, six, seven cars in, in line. There's no cars in line anymore.
0: There's nobody there. Yeah. Yeah. Which makes it feel weird. Like you're not supposed to be there. <laughs> when you're there and there's nobody there, it's like, are, is this place... Still open? (laughs) This is what is this? Because I went to one of my bank's locations recently, and they also had the big double um, trash can thing that you know the big dumpster trash can that they have out behind buildings, you know, in their little trash can walled thing. But it was open, and I thought, man, are they moving? Because there's nobody here at this bank. RedEye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
2: I remember the the days, uh, I only took out one car loan in my entire life. Mm. And I can still remember when I did it to get my 1980 Pontiac Sunbird, which I believe was 4,000 something. Oh. Oh. And I think I can't remember it. So maybe I took out uh, a two thousand dollar loan. Yeah, I took out a car loan. Well, I used to work at a subsidiary of HSBC Bank, and mm. I was in Buffalo called Marine Midland. Met a lot of people. Well, one guy, you know, hey Fred, if you're listening, once in a while he'll listen. Mm. Um, uh, Fred, his, I think I believe his father was a, a bank manager. What he wanted to do in life was be a bank manager. Right. And you sit there and you think about it. Well, who? Well, bank managers back, you know, when his father would have been doing it 80 years ago, Mm. was completely different than what a bank manager is today, probably Mm. of a branch. Mm. You know, you didn't have the modern systems of credit ratings like you do today.
0: Well, you had to and you had to be as a bank manager back then,
2: part, in fact, chief underwriter chief underwriter and mm-hmm. which meant you were part of the community. You knew the people that came into your bank. You had to. You had I mean that you, was part of the that right. was part
0: of the vetting process.
2: And and that was I'll never forget because when I first met him he told me that's what he wanted to do. He just loved that part of helping to build a community through a bank. Even if it was a national bank, yeah. or a big regional state bank back then. Right. More often is what you uh is what you had. Uh it still was, you know, had, you know, you still had control. You were the underwriter, right? It went on. If a if a loan went bad, it was on you. But so you got to know the people. Yeah, it wasn't okay. What's your credit rating here? All right, all right. There's a credit. It's rating. a wonderful life. You know that. Yeah. was you, you know, know you a, your great great point. Oh, 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 Don, how, how much money do you need? How, how much right now? How
0: much? You know that kind of thing. <laughs> it that was based on the fact that those no. relationships had to be no, there, right. it was part right. of the vetting process. Now, Frank Capper could have taken that maybe a little to the extreme for that storytelling
2: purpose, but it right, was because, based on reality. Because they were making trying to make the point that the bank never made a profit. Uh, uh, <laughs> Richard
0: Ranky, who was a self-taught engineer, who in agriculture you see the the irrigation systems that we have, this is the guy who in his barn came up with that idea. Well, in order to get the farmers to pay him, he would go out there and they would be out in the field. So you would have to go out there. They would take a just a plain piece of paper and write on it, pay Mr. Ranky this amount from my account, and he would take it to their bank, and that's how he got paid. That relationship is everything. Yeah. It was part of the vetting and, process.
2: And so what I did was when I wanted a, a car loan, uh, I found out what branch he worked at. Now, I was out of banking at that time, but we were bill collectors together in college. So he knew, I mean, you knew the people there and you knew probably, and I I won't speak for now, but back then when you were a bill collector and you did it for a couple of years, you learned not to get in debt because you didn't want to be, you didn't want to be one of the people that you were calling. You knew how it could destroy your life. You really did. Yeah. And I, and back then, and I don't know whether it was true or not, but it's always, I know it's a problem, but they, back then I remember always, you know, we were being taught one of the biggest things that breaks up a marriage is debt. Mm -hmm. Yeah is, you know, people spending. It's one of and, the leading causes, yeah. And and so that was really pounded into you that, look, you can help these people by tell them, you know, counsel them that, you know, because we want, and a lot of these young customers, you know, if they can develop good borrowing skills, you can mm-hmm. have them as a good customer, right. you know, for the rest of their lives at right. your at your bank. That was your your goal. Right. Well, I went in and boom, got the loan from, uh, you know, from, from Fred. And you know yeah. who I was. Mm. I don't yeah. think he went through. Now, maybe by 19 eighty they had more of a system where they could check, but I don't really think he did any checks on me. He knew mm-hmm. me. Right. He yeah. knew everything about yeah. I mean we still had communicated at that time. He knew what my job was, he knew what I was doing. Right, right. And and so it was like, yeah, you pay you pay your bills. So right, right. it's yeah. just interesting how that has how that has changed where not that it's necessarily wrong because when and I know the Democrats have brought up before that it's wrong to use a uh, a a credit score.
1: Remember yeah. credit yeah.
2: scores. I have to t- I've met so m- and I've met people that work in finance and banking that are on the left and right mm. you know so it doesn't even matter your political ideology and they've told me you'd be amazed how accurate a credit rating oh, tells yeah. you what type of a person you're dealing with
0: it also tells you what's going on with that person at that time
2: yeah and I again it's where, not they, everybody they? but no. they, they said basically as a as a barometer as an initial barometer to give you confidence in not just whether they pay their bills but what kind of a person they are. yeah they said it's extremely accurate.
0: It's used in in writing insurance policies
2: yeah and, that and was, they that was one of the things that they wanted to uh, change to stop right yeah
0: yeah and and the thing is is that it does tell you it can tell you if there is whatever effect there might be. Because what are we talking about? We're talking about liability and risk, whether it's lending or writing an insurance policy. Now, this is what gets back to the the whole case against Trump by the AG in, in New York, you know, that he was uh, somehow acting illegal, illegally uh, through his assessments of his property values when he actually put a disclaimer on them, we've learned. Um ...in order to get favor with banks and insurance companies. Well, who's not trying to get favor with banks and insurance companies? At every turn. I talked about, you know, the incentive that my bank offers. But we've talked about the back and forth with the any central appraisal district... ...and being able to challenge your property values. And all of that, you know, it, it's... There is assessment in everything. And we can't, as a society... Unfortunately, always rely on, well, I know that guy and he's good for it. There are plenty of handshake deals that are done. But I will tell you right now behind closed doors, they they will tell you it's, well, because I know what that person is worth or that person's value is or that person's credit score or whatever it is. I know everything I need to know about that person in order to take this risk with that Mm -hmm. person.
2: Or if you knew, and I remember having this talk with with, uh, my buddy, my old buddy, Fred, the the bank manager, who said, because we were talking about the relationships you build, he said, "The, the thing is, what you learn is, because you got to know the community, you could know somebody who would make money, and you would say, okay, they can pay off this loan because they make enough money. Yeah. But there were other people you would meet that might not have that salary that the other people have, but you know that their mentality is, I pay my bills before I even eat. Exactly. And yeah. so yeah. you didn't judge them yeah. necessarily just on their their salary. Not that the salary doesn't matter, but the fact is you would judge it and say, okay, what is their character?
0: It's their it's their behavior. I mean, you can look at, at, at people who started – you know, with little to nothing and, and no. And and we think about Warren Buffett or Donald Trump and you say, okay, but if you, because Donald Trump can go through a bankruptcy, then all of a sudden he's a few years later, he's a billionaire again. You know what I mean? He wrote in his book, the one time he saw a homeless guy and he goes, that homeless guy is worth a billion dollars because I'm in a billion dollars debt right now. And that guy is worth a billion more because he doesn't have any debt. He owes nobody anything. And then, you know, we talk about the mindset of, you know, the creation of wealth. Those individuals. And that's what, you know, you can rely on in business settings. You understand, well, that's a person who behaves that way. Well, the credit score will often reflect that. That behaviorally, this is what the person does. This has been there. I have zero, none. And I'm proud of this. Not trying to brag, but I am proud of it. I Have not one late payment ever in my history
2: on anything ever, not one. And I've had one. Yeah, you know what it was? Hmm. My car insurance. Oh, I had. Yeah. You know, I I thought I'd mailed it out, and yeah. I get I got the pink. Oh. I got the pink envelope. This oh, is before man. you did it yeah. online, right? Yeah, yeah. And the I absolutely, yeah. I absolutely panicked. Ah. And it said yeah. your insurance has expired. You yeah. missed. Said how could I miss it? I tore apart my house. It was down in between my seat. Yeah, the the the, the payment. Oh, and right. I called them, and I was like, "Is my insurance?" He goes, nah. You've had a great history. We didn't cancel you, right? I'm like, oh, thank God. But that, yeah, right. but That that wouldn't have gone against my credit rating anyway. But like you, I've never missed. But that,
0: well, again, because it's, that, but I, it's but about I was, being paranoid about that and and, well, and behaving in a way that I owe this, and it's my responsibility to
2: do part of my parent because it is paranoia. For it me, paying bills, yeah. yep. there's an incredible paranoia. Yeah. And you and I asked John Taffer that one time from Bar Rescue. Why aren't people looking at we the
0: have, debt, their business right. debt, the same way?
2: And somebody has nine hundred thousand dollars in debt. Why aren't they freaking out? I, if I sat there and I had a particular, if I had twenty thousand dollars cash flow a month and it went down to fifteen thousand, yeah, before I ever lost money, I'd be panicking. Oh yeah, you know what happened? We got to solve this problem. Right, and we asked the question: Is it because? We don't deal in cash anymore. It's just numbers, just on. And paper. He goes, maybe, but th- that was foreign to us. But I know my paranoia came from being a bill collector. I, I think that was, all, that was great training. I think for part
0: me. of it is generational, but generational has to do also with the fact that we don't have money, you know, on hand. We're not using checks even anymore, and it's electronic yeah. payment and everything else. There's a convenience, but there is a greater responsibility with that convenience.
2: Eight six six ninety red eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howe's Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. It's a family business, farming for the most part.
0: Small family farms made up 88% of the farm count and operated 46% of the farmland, but generated only 19% of the total
2: value of production. USDA economic researcher Catherine Lacey presenting findings from the latest edition of America's Farm and Ranches At a Glance Report. Other information gleaned from the report for the two thousand twenty-two calendar year includes
0: the share of farms with a low risk operating profit margin varied by farm size in twenty twenty two. About twenty-six percent of all U.S. farms held any debt in twenty twenty-two, and the majority, which was sixty-seven percent of farms with debt, used only one lender.
2: Farm households in general were not considered low income or low wealth. Also,
0: among socially disadvantaged farm operations, non-Hispanic black farms in particular differ most compared to non-Hispanic white farms in terms of size, specialization, and financial outcomes.
2: I'm Rod Bade reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you
0: by Senex Fuels and Loops.
1: Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio.
2: It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up, uh, following uh, the bottom of the hour, ooh, uh, the recognition out there slowly but uh, surely. You know, because Congress is going to go on a break here very soon for a month, right? And all of a sudden, as I read an article yesterday, and you and I spent a significant amount of time on it the other day because of the the uh, the uh, the debt, uh, the deficit for the first two months of the fiscal year 383 billion dollars right and finally there's slowly but surely recognition we got problems ahead yeah and and you know we talked a lot about the fed earlier has the fed put that into the equation about how the debt and everything is going to affect interest rates over the years i you know i don't i don't know that's a good question
1: Gary McNamara and Eric Harley taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. And he's Eric Harley. and I'm Gary McNamara. This
2: story here, 12% of retired Americans plan to return to the workforce in 2024. Yeah. That's a huge amount for one year. I mean, that's planning on, that's not 12% in the workforce. That's 12% of retired Americans. Saying they're planning on going. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. And they say, yeah, a lot of it is, is money. A lot of it's also boredom.
0: Uh, you know, on the uh, latter, I can see that, uh, and on the former, of course, I can see that some of it, of course, probably has to do with inflation, but I, I don't ever want to be bored. You know what I mean? I, I, I if I get to that retirement point at, at some point, I, you know, will have to retire, um, but I, I just don't want to get to that that point
2: I like know? to be bored as long as I know I'm going to be busy
0: yeah if I'm, I've got something I'm, on the right. docket yeah. right I'm'm
2: yeah. I'm, I'm okay with the yeah. downtime yeah. yeah I mean I can be not that I often am but I there are days I'll wake up weekends I'll wake up on a Saturday and I'll be a slug all day yeah and yeah. I'm like I just don't feel like but I know that come Sunday again hits back into it and right. I look and I look forward to that right so I can do both I don't think I could be I just don't think I don't think I could I just don't think I can retire. <laughs> I uh yeah, I don't, I don't think. You know like and people say, "Well, you could volunteer, you could do that." And it's like, "Yeah, but there's I have too much of my dad in me, which is right, yeah. which is not that you can't be productive in in volunteer work, but it's not the same." Right. It it's it's not not, not that it's not morally good it's absolutely morally satisfying in a different way right but it's just it's like how are you built as a you know how are you built what is your experiences over your entire life what has really driven you well and for me it's been be productive in the marketplace well that's it and you know the
0: difference is is that when you know go out and you have a career you work and you're working to provide for yourself and then when you go and you volunteer you're working to provide for others and i care nothing about providing for others and th- that's the difference is that you know i mean i'm gonna show up i'm gonna do it because you're supposed to <sighs> hell but
2: everybody it's about me but
0: it's, it's not about- if it's not for my benefit and by the way you it's i found out it's wrong to say hey you're gonna eat that uh, when you're actually volunteering at the uh, food pantry you're not supposed to say that um it, it's no, it's it, it is a different. My my uh, lovely sister, uh, she has really filled her hours with volunteering. She's not at retirement age, um, but that's basically her full time job has been uh, volunteering, uh, and she does a lot of good work. Uh, you know, the, I, I do yeah. volunteering, um, and and it's it's it it is good. When when that can be busy too. When when that's busy, it's like okay, what do we got to get done? What do we want to do? Or you know, sitting on the board of directors for a nonprofit, which I've done a couple of times, and 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 those things. And so, hey, I, yeah, we, yeah, what, those kind of things right. where hey, we want to do this or accomplish this. How do we get this done? And then you all kind of right. work together. It's but same mindset. Yeah, but the,
2: the key is full time. Yeah. Yeah, you want to volunteer exactly. your time, or do you want to be in the? It's not about whether you give back because well, I know you give back. It's it, You know, it's like when you come to what have I done my entire life to right. be productive in the marketplace? Yep. And I think the other thing is, I know for me, we and we talked about this earlier this week. We actually do something that most people do everything that they can possibly do to avoid.
1: <laughs> we talk I mean, politics. You, you are yeah. a little bit.
2: You are a little. I think you are built different. I didn't say better. You're built different from other people when you're drawn and your adrenaline is about doing something that most people don't want to do that they try to avoid, which is talking politics well, I've, I've, or, ta- or talking about, you know, just yeah, talking about what's going on in the world, right. especially when there's such anger if somebody disagrees with you. And you and I know we know talk show hosts that called themselves conservative a couple of years ago that. In 2016, 2017, that, that all quit. It just got to be too tough. There's too much rage. There's too much anger. And it's like, did did you understand the business you were getting into? And Did you think it was all? It, it's not music radio where you can say most of the time, all right, let's for the 5,487th day talk about what that woman who's dating that football player is doing today. What kind of dress did she wear on her 34th birthday yesterday? Oh, I thought it was so beautiful. It was so one. It's not that kind of happy talk all the time.
0: Coming up on your classic smooth jazz station, we will have some Dave Cause. right after this message from our great sponsors.
2: Oh, who's the, who's the one? I can't think of it. Who's the artist? Kenny G. In, in, yeah, Wayne's World. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> the drill. I knew exactly where you going. That's yeah. the drill bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Garth is under listening to it, and it's like he's he's imagining the drill in his teeth without any novocaine. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, but that's that's interesting. There. All right. Uh, very very quickly, I want to get to to this here in just a moment about uh, the the article written on on uh, just the, int- the interest on the debt hmm. and and where the debt is uh, is going. But just very quickly, because we had talked about it, you can go back. When our podcast comes out here in, in a few minutes and, and listen, because we uh, uh, a lot of the beginning of the show was about uh, the uh, the impeachment inquiry and Hunter Biden and everything and where that's going. What I expect in the next couple of days will be interesting. I do think that they may call. That Jordan and Comer may call Hunter Biden in now that they have an official impeachment inquiry. Yeah. Just to double down that this is official. And then I believe they'll probably call him after. For after in January, after their four weeks is over, and expect them to, and then there will be that sense of because remember everything is politics, and I don't believe one of the questions that Democrat or Republicans get consistently is, yeah, but you're going to people angry if you don't impeach him in the next couple of months, and you and I heard that the other day and said, "Mm, I don't think so. I don't think that's what Mm -hmm. I. I think everyone knows. I think most Republicans know that even if you impeached him, you're not going. To remove him from office unless you can prove the bribe because biden's on on video and on tape saying here's here is the check joe and it's the it's president g giving him the 50 million dollar check and they have it on tape and then they've got the actual deposit you know into his particular account
0: right right unless
2: you get that in all likelihood the senate would not remove him from office i don't believe that that's what I do under, I do believe Republicans understand, and I'm talking about the rank-and-file voter, understand that impeachment backfired for the Democrats on Trump.
1: Yeah. Didn't get
2: them at all yeah. what they thought it was going to get. Right. I do think that the Republicans' goal is to weaken him as much as they possibly can so they wish to extend everything out. And so as long as these suspenses there and the Democrats don't have any argument and they're stuck on the same argument that Joe – because we got it yesterday again – Joe just loved his son – that's the only thing. How dare Republicans go after him love for just Lord. loving his son? And love is love, and it's like wow, and Joe is Joe. I didn't think they'd use the gay marriage debate, yeah, in order to defend influence peddling. But hey, what the heck? When you're backed into a corner, yep. Yeah, here we are, yeah. And 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 the other one is that the illusion of of uh, of of influence, and we've broken that down many times. How that doesn't hold any water, and they haven't had a new argument for months. And we're right, right. not going to get one. And I think the Republicans look at this as an opportunity to pound that day in and day out, as well as everything else. And I think they believe that's our goal to make it so he doesn't win the election in uh, in 2020. And then maybe after, you know, after the elections, 2020, hmm. in 2024 and after Election Day, then they'll impeach him. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, I, but I just I think that you may see that they file for another subpoena. For another date in January, and then at that point. Yeah, could be, yeah. Because they have other witnesses coming in also in January. Yeah, Uh, right. I I think Schwerin's coming in. I don't know. There are a couple other names. I just don't have them at the top of my head. And finally, you know, you and I talked about how um, the uh, interest on the debt is just the potential to destroy so many things monetarily speaking in the United Mm -hmm. States, Mm -hmm. I don't think that the public understands what may be coming. You know, you and I talked about, you know, the Bloomberg story where Bloomberg estimated beginning of November that the interest payments on the U.S. debt now are over a trillion. I'm reading here from uh, Deck the Halls with Fiscal Folly, Mm. Uh, Jack uh, Salmon from uh, National Review, and just going through everything about the debt and talking about the fact that you know, what the problem is, is the last two years, interest rates have been way up from what they were and all this debt's being refinanced. The average maturity is like every six years. And yeah, he talks about yeah, how this yeah. is when, when you actually take it up. Now, he was stating that uh, the interest payments on the debt have already increased from $352 billion in fiscal year 2021 to $659 billion in fiscal 2023. And they are likely to be around $900 billion for this year. Well, it's already at a trillion. According yeah. to Bloomberg, right. So anywhere between nine hundred billion and a trillion is what it is right now, you know. And they won't know until the year's actually over what it's going to be, uh, and it's only going to keep going up as you know bonds and treasury bills come to uh, you know uh, their maturity date, and then boom, all that money. If it's ten trillion dollars, then that goes from point zero 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 one. Interest that you were getting on it when you bought when you bought that five years ago to and you know five point five percent and that yeah. that's the devastating part of it as he uh, as he uh, points uh, out and then talks about the fact that um, uh, we're likely to see debt servicing costs consistently exceed three uh, percent of of uh, GDP. Uh, For comparison, the federal government spent 3% of GDP on the entire defense budget in fiscal years 2022. This would severely cripple the government's ability to address critical spending priorities and would put large uh, government programs at risk. We talked about how the debt has been increased $383 billion in two months. Just two months of this fiscal year. You know, you talk about if, if, if that was to continue, you're talking about, uh, the debt in a and non COVID years where there's no emergencies yeah. would be between 1.5 and 2 trillion. The estimate is $1.7, wow. $1.7 trillion for the deficit. And all of that new debt has to be financed at a higher interest rate also. And we already talked about if you look at it right there, because of just from 2021 to uh, 2023, we increased $350 billion which no longer can go to programs. And so they're still going to give it to programs, so you borrow that money because a lot of that money's already been allocated, yep. so they just borrow more of it yep. and then that gets financed at the highest interest rate and he talks about what we've been talking about how you get into that monetary cycle of interest debt yep. or death, excuse me. Right. where you can't get out of it.
0: There's and and we we've, we've been talking about it forever, but also that, you know, that jump from interest, you know, to five, well over five. And we talked about that. That's a massive move. Yeah. That's even different from where we were uh, back in the 70s and early 80s when you saw the, you know, the jump, even though it was a much higher interest rate. The we were conditioned at those higher interest rates. We didn't start at zero. When you go from zero to five, it changes the nature. But the, of everything but on the debt right. it goes you know the, the
2: but the percentage of debt to GDP was way way lower much that
0: way much way more. way 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 lower right. and and that's the problem you know going forward too and what's going to happen next year you know the FED yesterday pointing to three think about this last meeting oh we could see one more hike it's not going to happen at the next uh you know before the end of the year but we could see one more hike and we're, you know, fairly confident it could be one more hike all the way to now. Oh no, we're thinking, you know, maybe three. I mean, that's basically what they were pointing. Three drops in interest rates sometime in twenty four. They know a recession is coming and it's coming in hot. They know it.
2: And that also means lower revenues to the Treasury yep. while the spending is still way up
0: there. Yep. That's a problem. Yep. I know Wall Street celebrated, and it looks, oh, man, happy days are here again. That's temporary.
2: 866-90-RED-EYE.
1: Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE.
2: It's Run Eye Radio. He's our Curly and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, I I need to just chill back. out, chill out just a little bit. It's been one of those shows. Chill out. Christmas music in the background. Yeah. Maybe I'll have an eggnog without the rum. Uh, you know, I've never had. I've never had eggnog with rum.
0: I've never had that. I've had uh, what was it? Um, what they call it? Wassel with uh, with rum at a Christmas party at one of the first radio stations I ever worked at. And they made it in a crock pot. So it was hot and they, I think it was rum. It could have been vodka, but they served it, you know, and you don't drink it. You're not chugging hot cider. So you didn't drink a lot of it, but I've had that. That's the only thing that I've had like that. No eggnog with alcohol in it ever. Yeah.
1: This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together,